Right. Okay, so I think we start. So we have 10 part three in Germany. Welcome to all the different nations here. It's uh, interesting to observe that. Um, so I still have to give one person the password here. Da, da, da. So. Okay, so I, th I think I start. Welcome to everyone. Um, welcome to Kanjan. Welcome to Europe. <laughs> Interesting. Um, thank you for taking the time. And um, wait, here's another guy. Da, da, da. Sorry, I just have a friend here who wants to join. Oh, doesn't matter. Okay. So I would like to start with a prayer and um, and then explain a little bit uh, how this meeting came together, because I think um, this, I sense this meeting could have some creative follow-up consequences for the kingdom of God, um, comes in a good time of, uh, of need here for us and the need for breakthroughs from God. And we all sense that. And um, so I think it's just good to focus on prayer just for a moment. So wherever you are, let's just join in, take some time, um, get focused. And because uh, it will be a time of listening, but also questioning later. So we will have both listening and questions. So maybe we can also listen to the Holy Spirit already now. Um, hey, God, what questions could be important? What um, information, input, inspiration can be important. I think times like that can um, be very creative if we have the right heart and the right spirit. And I want to encourage you just to join in in that sense now. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you connect us. Thank you that you are the, the, the workforce of God here on earth and you are the one who is putting the plans of God into action, into practice with all of us in all our nations, in all our situations and desperations we have. So we need you, Holy Spirit. We need your inspiration and we need yeah, that we can listen to the voice of God. And we thank you very much now for our sister Kanjan in India. Thank you that we can all also listen to her and I pray that you release her to share with us what she has on her heart. And I pray that this meeting will have creative consequences for the kingdom so that we can really see where you guide us and that we can, maybe some of us will get to know some new ideas and new steps or inspirations for the future. So we thank you that we can be together. And thank you that you unite us now. We are one family. We are brothers and sisters working under the same authority with your authority your command and your love as the father in heaven who loves this world who loves all these millions of people you want to reach jesus so thank you for this opportunity and we give these minutes now into your hands in jesus name amen all right so as i said um 
we don't have the time to introduce each other. Um, but if you want to share a little bit about you, you feel free to use the chat. So just that we keep in touch, that we know maybe later who was here. So one method is to write something into the chat. We will look at it. Um, at the end, we will maybe go to, to some points or some questions. Um, I just want to take a minute to explain a little bit out of my heart how this meeting came to pass, because um, even Kanjan, I don't know personally yet. We only know each other online. And I listened to your short version of your testimony, I think about two years ago now, or one and a half years ago. And um, it's very funny when, when I listen to someone um, and I start to cry, <laughs> something happens in my spirit always. And, uh, and that happens when I just listen to your story. And um, that was for me a hint of, hey, there is something maybe we can learn from. Then it laid a little bit uh, sleepy, so nothing happened. We had some short interactions, but then it came to me about some months ago that we can learn or we need to learn something from this whole topic of movements in other part of the world in general, but especially from the women background. And I was really touched by the fact that uh, you experience many, many great things among women. And we all have the at least in Germany or maybe in many countries in Europe, we have the more and more the Muslim presence of people, many, many families, many, also many women, and a lot of people come to Christ here. Um, but um, women are a key for things in many ways, and we want to, want to find out what that means. So that's maybe one of the focuses today um, when we listen to you. Why are women, or why could women be the key for movements and how can we learn uh, to pray and how can we maybe learn for our own discipleship approaches, uh, all these kind of things. So I'm very open. I'm sitting here as a, as a, as a disciple, <laughs> as a listener. And uh, thank you very much, Kanjan, that you take the time. So I just want to give it over to you now and maybe you can just share a little bit about your story. How did your journey begin? Um, what brought you to the pathway you are on right now take us maybe a little bit into your journey so i just want to give it to you now thank you florin and uh, good evening to all of you i may not know each one of your timing but greetings to you all from india um it's a blessing for me to share um what god is doing in my life and the women that um, that I'm working with. So I don't know how this happened, but I would like to share. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but there's so much, so much to tell, but I will try my best uh, to shorten up and share what God leads me. Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I'm in the journey in the ministry since last 20 years. So 20 years, I assisted my husband in many different ways and worked in few organizations. But uh, last one year, <clears throat> my husband and I, we uh, both decided to walk in the vision that God gave us. So, but before this, in the year of 2013, as I was um, working, um, one day uh, as me and my husband, we visited um, one of the field that our leaders planted and, um, 
we went for a training for a church planting training. We normally both go together to train uh, disciples, leaders, pastors, um, wherever the God, wherever God opens the door for us, we go and train them how to plant house churches. So as we were in one of the place um, in the evening hour, we had some time with the children's and then uh, there were many women sitting because our culture is very different here. You may um, know the stories of India. So India is a, uh, is a country with many different cultures and many um, uh, languages, different languages, different cultures, and many different religions in our country. So um, in our country, uh, especially in the north part of our country, we see that women are really dominated. And uh, so they always cover their head, uh, even if they are not Muslim, but they always covers their uh, head with the Indian uh, outfit, which we call it the sari. So they cover all the way down so they don't show their faces to the men or the elders. So, and there was a long queue of a women sitting and laughing at the kids. And my husband pointed out to me and said, look at those women, do something with them. And my response to him was, what do I do with them? I don't know, what can I do with them? So I just responded to him in a very simple way. But after we returned back from that place, it still keeps coming, the question keeps coming to my mind. What my husband said, try to do something with these women. Um, they have come to the Lord, but we see that still they don't have the freedom to worship the Lord. How can, how can you know that these women are learning or they have been discipled because they don't have that freedom? So I think you should uh, think about them, pray about them, and start doing something. But my response to him was, I don't know what to do. But it took me three months' time. And one afternoon, I was just sitting. And I, I, that same thing came in my mind. And, and I started speaking to God. And I said, God, what can I do? And then uh, God spoke to me. You don't do anything. I work. You allow me to use you. And uh, you don't have to do anything different. What you have learned, and you know what you can do, what you have been doing so far, just do that and I will work. So that really um, spoke to me. It's not me who works, it's God who works through us. So and on that moment, I went and prayed to God and I said, God, I don't know what I will do, but I'm obeying you and I will take a step, start working with the women. So I, then I spoke to my husband, I do not know how it's going to happen. Um, I do not know whether we have money or not, but I don't know. I'm going to pull out some of the women from our existing small house churches that has been planted by our leaders. And I will start speaking to them and let's see how God uses us together. So I pulled out 25 women for the first time, not knowing what I'm going to teach them. So this, I went with a simple prayer. God, if this is something that you are, I'm listening to you and I have heard you clearly, then I will see the outcome. But if it's not from you, you still you. It's all up to you, and you are in control of this. So I went and spent three uh, three days time with this twenty five women, speaking to God every day. God, what should I teach them? So I I taught them just a simple thing: how we women in our busy schedule, how should we spend our time? Because our culture is like we have our women are so much confined with their 
work with the domestic works from morning till evening because everything is manual in our country, especially in the rural part of the world. Everything has to do manually. So it's throughout the day, it takes away the whole 24 hours for women to take care of the house, the children's and everything. So in this busy schedule, how we can spend our time with the Lord and how we should give our time to the Lord as an offering and express our love to him that we love him. So we spend our time with him. So that simple thing I shared to the women and then I shared, how should we share our personal testimony in a simple way? And then I uh, helped them, how should we also present the gospel? Because we have to prove that we love God. Because God says, if you don't love your neighbor, you are lying to me that you love me because you don't go and tell about me to others. So this is very important for us. And we all have a responsibility from the day we have received Christ. The responsibility starts with us also. So with a very simple, these three things, I spend the three days time spending to know them more, pray together. And then I let them go after three days. After two weeks, I get a phone call from the key leader of that state, from the state where I invited those 25 women. This man was very excited, but the way he expressed it over the phone, I was a little scared. He said, what have you done? Uh, he called me and said, I said, what have I done? Then he said, because out of respect, they call ma'am here to uh, ladies. So he said, ma'am, uh, there's women who are not even uh, able to read a single word in the Bible, but they are going from one area to another, from one village to another, and they're sharing their testimony and sharing the gospel, and people are coming to Christ crazy, and they're just inviting me every day to baptize people and say that, see, this family has come to the Lord, this family has come to the Lord, you need to be here. So that's how they're making me so busy. So I'm so surprised to see how could this women do this a women who doesn't even know how to read the bible there were these women were the women who even doesn't know how to pray properly when they're in the house church how this can happen so i'm so blessed to see those women and these women are teaching me new things so that's the response that i get after two weeks and I, I, I immediately, I thank God and I said, God, I have seen the outcome and I will never return back from this journey until you speak to me a new thing. So at, from that time, from 2013, from the month of June onward, I started meeting women's, women and then passed the vision that God gave us, the God gave the vision to me and I passed that same vision to other women. So that's how the uh, the journey began with me, and I don't know how it happened and how it spread it out. It's not me. It spread it out like a wildfire. So I just go spend time with the women, and it just takes takes over. And so it has passed. It's not just that these women have planted house churches, but they have multiplied those house churches. They have raised disciples, and disciples have made other disciples. So that's the reason we were able to move faster in many parts of our country. And that's how the movement began. And we are still continuing in this journey and lots more to go in our country because we have a very thick population. So every house churches, when we see around the world, it's universal. Every church has most, the women are sitting in the, in the churches, wherever you see either the big church or the small churches, we see that women are there sitting there. So my, um, the vision is why don't we use the women when they're sitting in those house churches? They're all inside those beautiful boxes, but just helping those women to see and walk out of that box, it's not 
it's not a competition, but we're helping those women so that we can be supportive to the people who are working full-time and those who are in the mission field. So we all women, the church is the vehicle of Christ. So why not we church be used for him, for his kingdom? So that's why I walk in this journey with all those women. I don't care they're literate, illiterate. They know how to speak. They do not know how to speak. That doesn't matter. But God has been using so greatly to those women. The women that I'm working today, they inspire me back. And they are my heroes today. I just started a little bit, but they have carried the, the journey far, far, much farther. So I think... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's a great introduction. Um, mm -hmm. um, I would like to know, uh, maybe paint us a bit of a picture, how how far spread out the movement is, uh, where in India, I think we all know it's the largest continent and we've heard India has even more population numbers now than China. Um, mm -hmm. And how you can describe it maybe, what, that we can get a picture of this movement. Where, where is it spread out? Um, mm -hmm. Not that numbers are important, but sometimes they can really bless us mm -hmm. also. Um, mm -hmm. How you describe this dynamic of the movement uh, in your terms would be mm -hmm. great to hear. Yeah. So the movement have spread it to many states of India. So far, we are able to reach out to eight different states of our country. So we have 28 states. So we still have many more to go. So right now we are... We have much thickly, uh, the work is growing faster in eight different states of our country. So most uh, most part are in the northern part, like MP, hope you have heard, or if you look at the Indian map, so you, you will find out, which is called the heart in the heart, the center of the Indian map, which you will see Madhya Pradesh, Gujarat, Bihar, Jan, uh, Bengal, and Rajasthan, uh, Delhi area, Delhi, which is the capital of India. And uh, recently, I just came back from Maharashtra uh, in Mumbai. Hope you have heard a lot about Mumbai. So in Mumbai, so and Uttarakhand, which is the mountain side, Uttarakhand and Himachal, these two is the Himalayan range side. So in those uh, areas and also in Bhutan and in Nepal, also the neighboring uh, states, um, neighboring countries also. And I um, got an opportunity to share a little bit uh, to the Pakistanis also. I met a few years back and they have also started working a little bit. So, but I couldn't do much follow-up during the COVID. So hopefully uh, we will get to meet again. I couldn't meet them uh, going to their country, but I met them once because they came uh, for a training in uh, Dubai. So I got an opportunity to share the vision to them. So that's how a lady started working in uh, Pakistan. So that's how few areas that God has been using us as a, as a team together. So let me picture this, how this is possible. You know, I know that if we, if we think it is, it seems impossible, but this is how uh, I encourage the women in sitting in every church and house, house churches. I do not demand any of the women to give their 100% time because each one of us not each one of us have a responsibility there are women who who are on, uh, they go for a job there are women who are nurses who are teachers from different professions i know it's difficult for them to give 100% time 
but we all can become 100%. If you start beginning your time with giving to the Lord for with 1% or 2% or a 5%. So that's how I ask, encourage the women, start giving with your 1% of your time to God as an offering and express your love to God. And um, so that's how if one lady gives 5%, the another lady gives 2%, some ladies gives 10%, one ladies give 4% of their time. So in that way, we all become 100% together. So that's how the movement has taken place. And we also, uh, also make a a gen map, which maybe you may be familiar, you may not be a familiar, just to look at how our movement is taking place and where the movement has gone and how, how many churches or how many leaders have gone and how many generations we have gone. So that's how we look at when we make the, the gen map, the church planting map. So some of our women have already gone to 11 generations, some have gone six generations, some have gone seven generations. So we have seen that's how the churches has been planted through the women. They all begin with a small amount of their time and the time automatically grows. I don't have to tell them, I don't, I don't push them much, but I'm so thankful that all these women who comes in this movement, they come for Christ, not an ex within an, any expectation, because they are all housewife or simple women. I have, I have leaders who are dishwashers, who, who, goes to the who goes to people's house and wash dishes in the morning, five to six houses, evening, five to six houses. So these women, they are packed with their work. But today, God has really helped them so much. And they're so much blessed that they left that work also, even their daily uh, wages work. They left that work and they have become a full-time worker. I don't encourage them, hey, you need to come out and be a full-time. That's the God works in them. The Holy Spirit works in them. And today, those dishwashers are the full-time workers in as a church planter. The lady which I'm speaking about is just uh, last Sunday, uh, two Sundays back, sorry, she was uh, arrested and she was taken to the police station. And um, uh, because the government has passed a rule in our country that we cannot uh, conduct any church in the big church, small churches. So they want to turn our country as a Hindu country in this uh, coming year. It should be a completely Hindu country. So that's why the persecution has really gone high and uh, we have seen that um, the persecution is really uh, going in a different level. We know that persecution was always there from the time of Jesus, but we can see that it has gone to other level. And there, uh, she was taken to the police station, and then she was asked not uh, to stop uh, conducting the house churches. And uh, she said, why should I stop worshiping the Lord? And she had some argument with the police officer. And then she said, okay, what I do and what I say to the people, let me share to you so that you understand what I do. So she shared the gospel to the entire police station there. And then she questioned, now you tell me what, what have I said? What is the wrong that I so, uh, teach the people? The, the police officer couldn't give her any answer and she said, well, I understand, but don't be so aggressive. You know, she said, don't be so aggressive and don't sing loud and all these things. And she, he was saying, so after two hours, she was released. 
And then so now every Sunday, the police, uh, two police comes and stand in her small hut with the plastic she made the hut where she worships there. And the police, two policemen comes and stand. And she said, I don't mind, let them stand. I can worship God in any time. So she worships in Monday, some on Tuesday, some on Wednesday. They don't meet on Sunday. So we don't have any specific date that we need to meet in this day. So I have women like uh, such kind of women who works in this movement. So there are women who says there's 30 days in a month. We give 15 days uh, for the family we earn, and then 15 days we give completely to the Lord. So we walk from one village to another village sharing the gospel. These women do not know anything, the whole Bible, they don't know. They just know how to present their personal testimony, and they know how to share Christ. They are, they are mastered in that, and that's how they keep walking, and, and God the Holy Spirit is working on this women's life. Also, that's how we don't know how it took as a wildfire. And they just walk from one house to another house. And the movement started taking place that way. Wow, thank you. Um, maybe I just open up here now um, for one or two people. If you have a question, um, I want to know more about what Kanjan already shared. Um, and then I want to go step further in the conversation but just open up is, is there anyone who wants to know something or wants to ask something feel free um are, are these groups mixed men and women or are they mostly just women uh groups meeting uh, in the meeting, they're all men and women, because the lady, when she shared the gospel, she shares the gospel to men and women. So she, uh, she uh, through her, men and women comes to Christ. So in the house church, you will see men, women, children, as the normal house church. Yeah, there's men and women. So in the end, women are the catalyzers for multiplication. They are the one going out, and they reach wherever they are find open doors they reach the people like the policemen for instance and mm -hmm. um, yeah so not, it's not a women's movement in that sense it's just a women of movement or movement of women reaching out to people and women are the, the catalyst yeah as i when i understand it right yeah. i have a question if i may yeah. uh, you mentioned several times that you pass the vision to your women how do you do it? How do you pass the vision? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I don't make it a very formal type of class. At, uh, the first thing is because the women that I work, uh, they are not used to with all these things. They, are, they don't even uh, have the, uh, you know, to respond or to say anything in the congregation. So that's why the first thing I make it very simple and very casual and make friendly way we talk. And that's how I start sharing to them with, it's very much the life teaching, not me going as a teacher and say, hey, let's open the Bible and let's do this. I, I don't do the, I did in the beginning, but really it didn't work. So I had to, well, the first thing where I started having the, the movement taking place, the first thing what I did, I had to take them out from their area and bring them to another area. When in the initial stage, I used to go to their area 
and spend some time with them. But I don't get that, you know, that everyone are paying fully attention because they, they're all women. They have many things. Uh, the domestic works are there. They have cows, cattle, children, farming, everything. So they, their minds are always distracted. Okay, how many hours do I need to sit here and listen to this, you know? So it's natural. So that's why uh, there are two or three at the end who still sits there and listen. So, so I was like, God, what's the best way that I can give completely what you have given to me so I can pour out to them. So God gave me this wisdom to pull out the women from their village area to another area where they will, they have no other choice. They just listen to me. <laughs> they just listen to me and they, they can't go anywhere. And that's, that was the best thing that God uh, showed me. So that's how I start bringing them out. And then making more casual and giving a life teaching, giving examples of our culture, our life, and then share what God wants us to do. What is God's vision? What is God trying to do? What is God's end vision? And who is responsible for that? Why God chose you? Why God didn't choose another person, but why you? And what are you ready when you go or I go in front of God today, are we ready with the gift? What is the gift that we have to offer in, on his, in his feet? Because we all will be accountable before God. So I can't tell. It's a simple way to explain our women here. I can't tell to God that, God, I was so busy with my cattle, with my children, with my husband, with cloth washing for farming, will be that answer before the king. Is this the right answer? Do you think that you can answer this? So we all have to walk, uh, to stand before his judgment. The judgment is good judgment for we believers, but also at the same time, we will be accountable for what we have done. So what are you ready for that? What will you give before God if he calls us today? So I had to walk them through all these questions and, and so that they start questioning in their head. And so there are simple things, sisters. If you want to experience God's presence in your life, you start obeying God. We all believe God. It's very simple, very easy, but it's very hard for us to trust in him. And that's, that's, the, that's what's lacking in us. See, if we, I give a simple example to them so that they understand in a simple way. You have two kids. One kid, the moment you ask anything without questioning, the kids runs and obeys you. The other kid always makes excuses. But you still love your both kids. They are your kids. You gave birth to that child. God also loves us the same way. But which one we are? The one that obeys him or the one who makes excuses? The one who obeys him, whatever the, you ask to the father or to your to your, uh, your child ask you on a Christmas day, you're so excited to give the child who obeys you. Yes, yes, my child, I'll, I'll try to give you what you have asked. If the, the other child comes and asks, mom, I want this too. Then you say, oh, you disobedient. When I asked you to do something, you never obeys me. I don't think you will get this time. You'll be punished. So we have, why do we have this kind of uh, uh, respond to our kids? I think God also responds to us same way. He loves us equally. But are we obedient to him? So this simple ways, a very simple, but 
uh, it's meaningful for them to understand why we need to be obedient. So that's how step by step, step I help them to walk and so that they understand that I am responsible where I am. I'm responsible for my families, for my neighbors, for my relatives, and for my circle, because uh, God has chosen me in this area, so I'm responsible for this area. So that's how I help them to understand. Um, yeah, it takes little time. The vision takes the longest time, actually, when I spend time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. David? How do you how do you go about choosing uh, which people to pull out to another village um, to do this additional vision casting? Mm -hmm. Thank you, David, for the question. You know what? I when I started this, I had some challenges uh, by choosing people. So when I asked the pastors or the leaders in our villages or houses, can you send few uh, women or in this area? We'll meet here. So they chose the one who can sing well and who is little smart, who can read the Bible. So according to them, so they chose like that. But it really didn't work well that way. We choose according to our what we have seen. But God chooses in a very different way. So I didn't see much of the success in that. So what I started doing, I just walk in the house churches and I just start catching fish. I just throw the net. I don't care who is sitting there, smart or don't know anything, doesn't know how to speak, the old old lady or young or, or a teenager girl, doesn't matter. So this is, this is the way I do. I go, go to those house churches first round, the first round. And then I just spread the, throw the net. And whoever is caught in the net, I pull them out and start training them, start discipling them. So that's how I've, I found more women uh, and the women whom God already has chosen. So that's how God helped me to do this. So what you say, you use the Luke 10 approach in that sense. like go, go Yeah, I just, yeah I just go there and share my heart. So that's, that's, the best thing I felt, I just, God helps me to share my heart and what God gave me and what's God's vision. And so that's how I just share. And now how many of you want to walk in this journey? Just raise your hand. How many of you want that God wants to use you? So I, we, I ask those questions in the group. If you think that God, uh, that you want to be used for his kingdom, just raise your hand and we will pray together. We will not pray anything, but we will just pray that God uses us. So that's how the journey begins in the group. All right. Um, I just want to come back to what you said at the beginning, uh, because we all long for this movement. Yeah? And I'm sure uh, just listening to you is for us... Uh, just imagination is mind-blowing to see how God is spreading the fire now, wherever, even despite of persecution, or maybe even because of persecution, I don't know. Um, maybe that's also a question. Do you think the circumstances of a culture um, can help us or can prevent us? Because we have in the West, at least my observation, we always have this question, or many people tell us, yeah, movement doesn't work, blah, blah, all these kind of excuses, we all know that. 
but um, would you think the Western kind of lifestyle or the way your culture is working, um, do you see anything which can um, take off a movement better or can catalyze the movement or um, how, how important is the culture of the people living in? Um, because I, the, the background is, for me in Germany, I can see at least, Uh, the whole culture in Germany is changing dramatically. So we are less and less only German-based anymore. We are multicultural. We have um, even multi-religion happening now. Yeah, we have a growing, even a growing Buddhist community in Germany and Hindus and esoterics and uh, whatever. Muslims, of course, are, are the most obvious um, visible group. But the different religion kind of situation is really pushing us in Europe and we have to face that. So um, what do you think the, this whole uh, Hindu presence of the Indian culture forces people when they follow Jesus to be radical from the beginning <laughs> to uh, because they feel and see and experience the difference uh, being with Jesus, following Jesus or being part of the local culture. So in the end, how important do you think is the culture people are living in for a movement? Is there anything you can share about that? Yeah, the first thing is because our country is a very religious country, <laughs> no matter what religion they uh, follow, but it's a very religious country. And uh, it's very simple for our people here to say, when you go and speak about any God, so they just take it as one of the God. And they will always say like, oh yeah, he's God. And uh, do you believe? Yes, I believe. So it's very simple to say that way. But when it comes to the point of, uh, Uh, you're ready to accept this God, then that's the real color comes out um, uh, from when you raise this question. So yes, culture-wise also, it's not, um, I had many challenges actually when I started this journey, you know, because uh, uh, many have blamed me because the women became more uh, aggressive and they, they have taken a leadership in, uh, in the ministry also. And I got many um, questions from the Christian <laughs> background, from the Christian leaders, you know, who gave you this authority uh, to raise these women, you know, all these questions were there for me and for our women also. And many times our women, um, uh, they called me back and said that I have been raised with this kind of question. So What do, what do I do at this uh, at this situation? So I just, we encourage each other. And uh, let me tell a small uh, example of uh, when some uh, people comes to Christ in the beginning, um, the women were not baptizing. Um, hope I understood your question. Uh, so uh, when, uh, yeah. Oh, when people comes to Christ, our women were not baptizing in the beginning. So we invite the local pastors to come and baptize them. Uh, but as the way how the movement was going on, it was hard to get people to come and help the women to baptize people. So one, uh, one day, uh, one of our leader from the state of MP, uh, she invited a man, a pastor, the local pastor to uh, baptize few of men and women, but they, don't turn, they didn't turn up there. And so she called me that, uh, what should I do now? Because every time we call, we canceled many a times and which is not good for the new believers. This, isn't, it, this really doesn't look good. And uh, 
So I asked her, who are you? <laughs> she said, I'm a disciple. So what is the work of a disciple? I'm not going to tell you to do anything. Pray to God and what God leads you do that. And she, she re responded back to me, I'm a disciple. I'm Jesus' disciple. And I have all and on right to do this. And she went, she <laughs> took the people and she put them in the water and she baptized them. And she, she was so happy and joyful for doing that. And then some pastors came and, uh, and, and then some other church believers came and uh, asked her, why did you do this? And who gave you the permission to do this? So she was questioning all these things. Um, but she responded them that I am his disciple. Matthew chapter 28 says, what? You don't know as a believer? What, what have you learned from Matthew chapter 28? So I have seen from that Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. He said, go and preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And whatever I have taught them, whatever I have taught you, make your disciples also to, to obey those. So that's what I'm doing and I'm obeying God's commandment. And so that's why I baptize these people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that's how she, and then slowly, 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 our women, they baptize, they share the Lord's table. They, at least they do these things. So the movement doesn't slow down. If we wait for others, the movement slows down. So we can't, we can't take others' blessings. If the new believer wants to be baptized, I have no right to stop that, to receive the blessing. It's a blessing for them, taking a step of their faith. So that's how um, one by one obstacle came, but God has been so faithful helping our women. So when I look, I know that it's the same God who works in India, in German, in US, in Finland. It's the same God, the same God's power moves here. I know that you all may have different cultures, but you know the best of your culture, how to meet people. You know the technique in your country, how people, how you can meet the people, and what's the best way to meet your people. So just do not, I, I encourage the ladies, do not try to change the culture. That's not our duty. Our goal is to reach them out, carrying the gospel and putting them the gospel, and God's spirit is going to work in them. No matter, it's our responsibility is just to go and tell them. That's the vision. That's the obedience that we will be doing. And the rest, God works in that person's life. Whether he wants to say yes or no, it's all up to him and, up to, and God knows and God takes control over that. But the first thing for us and our vision is not to change someone's culture. So because even in our, in our country, we have so many cultures. There are cultures, they, they wear red marks on their forehead when they are married, you know, and bangles and all these things. Even our Christian society here, the moment somebody comes to Christ, they will say that, okay, from tomorrow, you remove these red dots from here. They're offended because in our culture, if the husband is dead, the widow only will, have, will not wear those red dots. So I'm a married person. How can I do this? How will I face the society? How will I face the thing? So that's why they're offended. And many a times they, they push back. Even if they, they were interested, they push back. So that's why I say that that's not our work. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
So we are not there to change any culture. So when we go simple way, not talking about the culture, not talking about anything, but sharing the love with them, the love of Christ, that has really, so they say, okay, if I believe Christ, I don't have to remove these things. I said, well, I don't, I'm not the one to tell you to remove this or not, to change your culture or not. But God loves you and God wants to live in your heart. So that, that's what is important. Salvation is more important. You need a free gift of salvation from God. That's more important. But we know in our back, in our, in our head, that once they come to Christ, the Holy Spirit will start working. So slowly, slowly, everything is removed by themselves. We didn't have to tell them to do this or that. So there were many culture obstacles are there when we work even in our country. So very difficult to penetrate among the Muslims even in our country. But the women have got, they have they are able to get through the, uh, the the Muslim men and women and we are able to work also with the transgender most people don't care about them we understand the church doesn't accept them we understand but what can we do they also need to receive salvation God loves them also about their physical things, we don't know about their physical things. We are not going to talk about their physical things. But if they say yes to God, God will start working in their heart and God will start working in their life. So those are the things it's just breaking. We don't know how, but we all are going as, as, as a movement together like this. So every time I tell you those women, when they go to a wedding party, when they go to the market, when they do go to a birthday party, they always go with two bags. The one bag is when they meet a non-believer, they share Christ. If they meet a believer, they share a vision. So that's how we always go. It's a birthday party, we get to meet more people. We see many people who are sad, who are worried, who have illness, they have something, they have a lot of things to talk. And when they talk, that's the opportunity for us. So just do not lose your opportunity. The whole world is in problem. The whole world is living with fear. And that's, we take advantage of those things. So the women walks like that and um, they don't care wherever. So now the fear has gone away from them because they face so much um, difficulties. They are beaten up. They were tried to kill. Many things happen. And a woman who walks with a gun, with an empty gun, because there is a culture in Gujarat. They have a pride. Who, who has a gun and who can shoot each other? That's still the pride happens in deep inside the village. So one of the women, she carries the gun. And I said, how can you do this? You are a believer. You are God's servant now. Ma'am, you don't understand. This gun is empty. They show me. They pull the gun. I say, I have a gun too. But I'm not going to kill. There's no bullet inside. But I had to do this. And we carry this gun with us when we go to conduct house churches. So they carry an empty gun. Some carries a big knife like this. They carry along and they keep on the side when they're sitting in the house church. But because anytime people will come anytime. So when they come with a stick, they show their stick. They say, now we cannot be scared of them. We get to do this. We are not going to fight with them, but we show that we also have, they get scared when we show this. So that's, that's how uh, we keep on moving. So, so many stories like this. So <laughs> everyday new thing. Uh, yeah.
Great. Any, any questions or any thoughts from anyone here right now? Just as a feedback. If not, I would like to take us at your beginning. You mentioned uh, the first step when your, your husband encouraged you, encouraged you to start, uh, hey, do something. <laughs> um, mm. Because we all, uh, one reason why we are here is, I think it's, I can maybe speak in common for all of us. We all want to do that. Yeah, we are longing to see these things. And that's why we do what we do. And we all long for movements. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So mm. I think we have this common ground. And um, what what went through your mind when you said, I want to do that, God? How did you start to talk with God about this? And uh, when you start to meet with these women, maybe took us take us into your beginnings again. Um, what could encourage us, which encouraged you, um, maybe something you could observe what God did in the group or how did you find out the first generation of leaders uh, maybe an example uh, just go yeah let, let's go back to your beginnings because that's where we are uh, many mm -hmm. of us uh, and we want to see these things happening so um, yeah maybe you have something to share about that maybe an example or something mm -hmm. which could inspire yeah. or challenge us yeah. well <laughs> the first thing is I am thankful to God because my husband is supportive, which we don't see much in our country. Uh, that husband pushes the women, the wife to be in the front line, you know, so it's hard. It's not that they don't like, but it's hard because of the families and things. I also have a daughter and uh, she's already grown up now. She's 29 years old and I just have uh, one daughter. <laughs> And, uh, but I, when my husband uh, said this, I was, let me tell you that as a person, I was a very shy person. <laughs> Don't like to talk much or face people in front. When I was a teenage, I always liked to sit at the back bench in the house, in the church <laughs> where my parents used to go. And I was always scared that people ask me some questions. I'm, I'm so shy and nervous always. So I'm personally, my personality was like that. So my husband always pushes me in front and says, you must do, you can do it. He keeps pushes me, pushing me. And uh, I always say, okay, I'll be behind you. I'll be helping you. I'll be supporting you. So that's how. I have done so many things in the ministry, in the, in the journey. I worked as a um, with the kids and children's ministry. I did business for some organizations. I was also a school headmistress for some for for a time for a few years. I also was the administrator for a school. I did all these things, but when I started working with women, I felt, and I'm so confident. I was not that 100% confident when I did first whatever I did. I did because somebody asked me to do. I worked on those organizations and church what people asked me to do, looking at the gift that I have. So they asked me to do, so I did. But there was always a prayer inside my mind, inside my heart. What can I do more than this? I think this is not who I am. 
I do because people ask, I give my 100%, but I know that I should do something else, but I don't know what. So it was a long time inside my heart, which my husband also didn't know about it. I always said, Lord, I can do more. Who am I for you and what I can do? So that was always there as a prayer insight, but not really knowing what I can do. But when my husband said this, do something with these women, I said, I don't know what to do with these women. I have never worked specifically with women. I don't know what to teach, what to train. I don't know anything. But three months, it took me in a process. What can I do? What should I do? How can I do? Who will accept this? From where should I begin? These, these were the questions they were eating me. Then, as I said earlier, I was sitting in my living room and I start again thinking, what should I do? From where should I begin? So my best place of my prayer is my washroom when I don't get any answer. I go to the washroom, I sit there, I just meditate there, just trying my best to connect with God and speak to him. Speak to me now, because I need the answer now. Speak to me now, what should I do? So I start singing a little bit <laughs> and I started searching God where you are. So in that process of my prayer, took me three months to understand what God wants me to do. So then I sit there and I ask God, what should I do for you? He said, do what your husband told you to do. And I said, yes, but I don't know what to do because I need to be experienced. I need to be trained. I need to know what I should do. The answer was clear for me. He said that, what you have learned, just do that. You know how to share the gospel to the people. Teach those women. And share how to uh, share your testimony. Train them. Don't try to teach the complete Bible to them. Do simple things, and I'll be there with you. And then I came out from there with a very confident and a joyful heart. And I felt that day, this is my journey. And I should follow this. Still, I prayed, God, I don't know, but you promised me that you will teach me. And so I, I started working with those women. 30% of the women that with whom I with whom I work today is more than 30, actually 30, 35% are illiterate women who doesn't know even how to wear clothes, who doesn't know how to keep themselves clean, doesn't know how to comb their hair, doesn't know how to take a shower. God transformed their life. When, once they started serving the Lord, the Lord transformed them. It was a miracle to see a woman who didn't know how to wear the clothes. They dressed so well. They talk so confidently. And I see the transformation in their life once they start obeying this. So God always encouraged me to tell those women, if you need a healing in your life, you want to experience blessings in your life, you want to see changes in your life, 
you better obey it. Obey God's commandment and God starts working in your life. You don't push yourself, don't put yourself in God's chair and start thinking, how can I do this? That's not your responsibility. That's not your work. I, I tell you again and again, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Ask God what you need. And he said, seek the kingdom of God first and everything shall be added unto you. How have we responded this verses? How have we responded the Lord's prayer? So those things process in, in my head. We say, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God wants us to keep his name holy as he is holy. And he wants his, to keep his name holy as we are living in this earth. How do we keep his name holy? Not by just going to the church. Not by just giving the offering in the church. Not by only doing the fasting prayers. Those are good things. But how are we going to keep his name holy? How will people know that our God is holy? The people will know only by seeing us that our God is holy. The way that we live our life. So God helped me in this process that not only to teach the women, but God helped me to teach the women in this journey to give your life. I had to give my life in many ways, not dying, but, but I had to give everything that I have. Sometimes I feel tired even talking. And uh, every day I have something that I can give to the women through, through what God has poured into my heart. So so it's all about life teaching, not only the, the Bible is there, the Bible teaches us everything, but give your life, give your heart. When you share the vision, give your heart. Don't go because you have the scriptures with you and you just go and stay there. But when you share the vision, give your heart with the vision. When you do the training, give your heart in the training. And God works there. So I didn't know how it, it just happened. When I look back, the way they, they give the reports every month, there are hundreds and hundreds of house churches which have been planted. Sometimes it is unbelievable how this can happen. But the, the key thing is the day when someone accepts Christ, the vision is given on the first from the first day. We don't wait that this person will be mature enough. This person will be baptized. This person will be this. Then I will do this. No, we start giving the vision from the first day of as the person receives Christ. You have come to know Christ. You receive the salvation. You are saved now. Now it's just your responsibility to go and tell your brothers, your sisters, your family. Now you are responsible. The way how we had the conversation, exactly you do the same conversation with your family, with your best friend. because. You will never want your friend to go to the hell. Do you want them to go to hell? Do you want them to be perished? No. So the, the, we don't know how much time they have. So do not waste your time. So we use the illustration for the, the, the story from Samaritan women as she was so quick in response and she became so effective. So we take help of that story also to help the uh, women to understand so this is the process that um, it give it, it gave me the greatest joy than any of the work that I did in past 
all were good. God, that was my time to grow, to learn, to make myself mature, to be more confident. God put me in a process in that long journey. So in the right time, he put me this through my husband. And I know that I would never, God knows very well, I would not do this by myself. And I needed someone to push me. And God used my husband to push me. And I became more confident because my husband stood beside me. And so he helps me even today. He, he encourages me today. But um, God has really blessed me with a, with, a, uh, with a large group and many key leaders, uh, women who are taking care of each of those states areas. So I don't have to run around. Uh, so they, they take care in their own area. So that's how. Yeah, great. Thank you, Kanjan. Thank you that you share your heart with us, not only your knowledge. And um, this is already a blessing. Um, I just had this thought, if we here on this call uh, would be your core team, uh, just imagine we would be your core team. Um, <laughs> how would you challenge us? Um, what, yeah, if we would listen now, we would have a meeting together. You, we would be your core team. Uh, mm -hmm. We are on this journey all. Um, what kind of questions would you ask us? Or what kind of challenges would you give us? Or um, sh to what should be what, where, where should be watched out for? Or what, what do we have mm -hmm. to care for? Are there anything you would like to share with us if we would be your core team? So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. um, well, I can't ask you any questions because, uh, you know, um, Culturally, we are different uh, because you may have different ways, different things. So I may not be the right person to ask you a question. But yes, if you want to begin this journey, I can encourage you on it this way, which you maybe you have been doing it. But uh, still, I would like to encourage Yes, The first thing is uh, make a list in your notebook, prayerfully. Could be anyone at least five or 10 or two person, what, whom, whichever God leads you, the Holy Spirit prompts you, write the names of those person that you think that you want to reach out to them, either the gospel or to share the vision. Could be any. So if you can make a list of um, people that whom you want to share the gospel and the other side, you can make a list of whom you want to share this vision to walk with you in this journey. And the second thing, uh, you can go if you have written the name of an area that you really want to work in that area, then just take a help of Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 11. That is Jesus' strategy, how he told his disciple to go to the, to the new area. And those are the strategies that we can see Jesus teaching his disciples. So you can read and maybe uh, God will reveal you. And I know that in this journey, we, we would never be able to bring the movement until we are connected with the insiders. I will be still an outsider for a different village and for a different state. I'll be always, I'll always remain an outsider, but we will always need an insider to bring the movement or to penetrate into the areas in their place, because you will be always a stranger. 
So we will have to find someone with prayerfully, which is the house or which is the man or which is the women or which is the child that God has already prepared for you as you are praying for that area. And through that person, you will be able to penetrate. It could be that person may never come to Christ. You never know. Just an example, when I started long time back, I didn't know about all these teachings. But when I walked um, in one of the village with me and my husband together, we planted many house churches from our young age. So when we walk in a village, a drunker came. He was a tea. Hope you, you drink tea. We have the heaviest production of tea in our state here. So um, they were the tea plockers. When we walked, he saw us. He was fully drunk. And he said, oh, Jesus, people coming. Uh, hello, he wished us. And he was fully drunk. And we thought that, what should we talk to him? And then he insisted us and he kept following us. And he called all the kids in the village. And he said, come here, come here, even his own kids. He called them and he told us that, why don't you sing? You, you, you Jesus people, you sing very good songs. Why don't you sing a song and teach these kids? He was saying that. And then we were looking for an opportunity. So we were grateful that even if he's a drunker, then we sang a song. And when we did song and action, then we saw all the villagers gathered there. And they laughed looking at the kids because they, they couldn't do the actions. They were men, women, everyone gathered and they were laughing. And then we share, uh, uh, share the, the creation story. With the story, we share the gospel to them. And what happened, you know? The drunkard's wife accepted Christ. And two other women accepted Christ. So the drunker was the key person for us. He's an insider. When he shouted at the kids, the kids gathered. When he told the people to come, they came because they know him. But I am a stranger. They, they don't know me. So that's, that's the way how we need an insider. It could be a child, it could be a someone, some person God has already chosen. The church is still existing in that area. It's, it's a 20 years back story. And we, have, we see the church is still there. But the husband never came to Christ. <laughs> but the wife and children, everyone came to Christ. The drunker is the key person uh, the, to penetrate into that area. He's the man of peace for us. So when we look at this Luke 10, 1 to 11, we, Jesus teaches us that go and find that person. Go and find that man. Do a prayer and God will encounter us with that. So let's go with that prayer. It could be an area, could be a person, could be anything. Just write it down and let's begin with this and see how God takes us and how God works in us. It's a joyful to see when God uh, speaks to us and uh, answers our prayers. And I just would like to encourage you all that I know that you all are doing, maybe you are doing a lot, um, but my the movement that we are able to begin, we begin with a small list saying, this is what I wanna give you, start giving you God from this. So start giving to God and your, your bar will start rising. My women's, they started this. They faced a lot of challenge from their family, from their husbands. Some of our women, they were pulled in their hair from the street and took them home. Husband beat them up, abused in front of everyone. But their husbands are believers today and they support to the wives now. 
So they begin with a small amount, just a little bit, and God started working in their life, in their husband's life, in their children's life. And we see the miracles in our life, how God, how powerful God is. So just an encouragement to see God's presence, experience God's presence in our life. We have been experiencing, but doing something for him is a different level of blessings, different level of joy that we receive. No one can stop us once we start walking in this journey. So let's start with this and your bar will start rising. I, I believe this and I trust that God will help each one of us. So I think I just want to encourage you by saying start with a small, small thing and write the list what you want to do. You want to share the vision to somebody or you want to start working in this movement by sharing Christ and discipling them. You know what? The movement will never start with the old believers. So sorry to say this. The movement takes faster by the new believers. Yeah. Why? Because they are young. Wherever you turn, they turn. We have a saying here. We have lots of bamboos in our, in our state here. The row of bamboos, wherever you bend, it bends. However you want to turn, it turns. So the new believers are exactly like that. Whatever you say, they will do it because they are just born, born spiritually by your help. They will trust and they will obey you. So the movement is always taken fastest way by the new believers and teach them and train them and disciple them. And they will make, they will do the exact the same thing. Why our movement has taken so fast is because of all the new believers. All my leaders are not from some church, some organization. They are all first generation. That's why the movement took place. They're all first generation Christian. My leaders went and shared the gospel, brought them to Christ, disciple in the house church, gave the vision to them and they carry the vision. They do the exact same thing. So that's why we are able to go to Five generation, six generation, 10, 11 generation. That's the, re that's the whole real reason why we are the first generation believers. Great, thank you. So it's, um, I like this idea to write down names, not only for re reaching out to share the gospel with, but also sharing the vision. So finding open people who want to hear that, want to be ignited, uh, want to be set on fire, and then yeah, then sending them out and yeah, not waiting on them to be perfect, but just um, who want to catch the vision. And that's something I can only underline. That's important to find out mm -hmm. where are these people, not only the new people who, who need Christ, but also people who need the vision, who maybe mm -hmm. already know something and mm -hmm. uh, focusing on these people, yeah, even if it's only two or three. So I think that's a good place to start with. So um yeah if if there's not any kind of uh, understanding question now i would like us to take some time of prayer um and maybe we can start with uh kanjan praying that you for, can pray for us for exactly this heart and i i was really touched by um hearing not only knowledge of how to do it but the passion behind it and the sacrifice you made and this uh commitment and um and even not not thinking how can it work, but just do it and trust God, it will work. So this uh, taking this leap of faith in that sense. Um, 
just do it and God will work. That was your first statement. So one of your first statements. Um, maybe you can pray for us and encourage us to get the same spirit and the same attitude. And maybe also that each one of us can find people in our circles now with whom we can join together and start something. Start small, but start. I think that's the point where we are right now. And um, so feel free to pray. Just da, bless us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Yeah, it takes some time. Do you want me to pray? Yes, yes, would be great. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Father, we come before you, Lord Jesus. You know each and every one of us who are present on the screen of Father. You know us before we were born. You have chosen us before we were born, oh Father. We thank you. Lord, we all lived in a sinful life, oh Father. We are so thankful that you saved our life, oh Father. Your love is so great, oh Father, Lord Jesus. It's so deep, oh Father, Lord Jesus, that we will not able to reach your greatness and your love, oh Father, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are all your chosen people and we are the priesthood of believers, oh Father, Lord Jesus. Lord, I commit all these dear brothers and sisters, oh Father, Lord. You have chosen us, oh Father, and you have brought us together. I am not the one to teach anyone, oh Father. I am just your servant, and I'm just an instrument of Father Lord Jesus. You have used me and you have you are using all these brothers and sisters, oh Father, in a different way, so Father. You have given gifts to each one of them, oh Father. Lord, I pray that each one of their gifts can glorify you, Lord Jesus. Lord, as I'm sharing what you have given me, O oh Lord. And Lord, I pray that the same vision, O oh Father, that you have given me, you can give to all these brothers and sisters, O oh Father. The way how that you work through me, you can do greater works from these brothers and sisters, O oh Father. Father, I pray that you will anoint them once again, O oh Father, with the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh Father, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, as they begin to listen your word, O oh Father, to listen your voice, O oh Father, Lord Jesus. Lord, you will help them, O oh Father. You will guide them. You will lead them, O oh Father, wherever they take the step, O oh Father. Could be a step of sharing gospel. Could be a step of sharing the vision, O oh Father. Lord, you will help them. Lord, I know, Lord, as we take a step, there are many obstacles, there are many challenges, oh, Father. But, Lord, you are always there, oh, Father, to help us out, to walk through all those challenges, all those barriers, oh, Father, Lord Jesus. Give, give each one of us the courage, oh, Father, the boldness, of oh, Father, Lord Jesus, to walk in this journey, oh, Father. 
Lord, I pray that you will bless all these dear brothers and sisters as they walk in this journey of Father Lord Jesus, so that we can together rejoice your name, O Father, and lift your name on high, O Father Lord Jesus. It's in high time for each one of us as the world is turning, O Father. It looks like the days of your coming is closer, O Father Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray that you use us, each one of us, O Father Lord Jesus, Lord. Nothing is impossible to stop us, O Father Lord. No persecutions, no challenges, no bondages, O Father. But Lord, I pray that you will open each one of us from that box of Father Lord Jesus so that we can come out and harvest the field that is already ready for us, so Father Lord. Help all each one of us, so Father, so that we can go and harvest the field of Father Lord Jesus, Lord. Thank you once again for being with us and for your presence, for your Holy Spirit, of oh Father Lord, and committing the rest of this time unto your loving care, Heavenly Father. Yes, amen. Thank you. So maybe just one or two guys from us could bless Kanjan. Let's let me pray for her too. Um, just want to open it up. Let's just bless her also and pray for her for the work there. Maybe one or two guys can just pray loud. Open your mic and just pray. Just bless her. Father, we thank you for Kanjan, for her life, for her ministry, for everything, uh, what you did through us and what you are going to do. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Uh, yes, you are powerfully at work. It's such an inspiration uh, to hear these stories and to see that simple people just obey you and do what you want from them. Uh, yeah, we Pray for protection over her, over her family, and um, over her leaders, over her networks, Lord. Um, we pray for abundant fruit, uh, lasting fruit, um, so that everything may grow even further and beyond our imagination. Thank you for her investment in us, in, in the women of Europe. And we pray that you raise more and more women so that we can see same movements uh, in Europe as well. Thank you for yeah, Kanjan's impact for us and yeah, guide us in, in our next steps. And, yes. Um, in your name we pray. Yeah. Yeah, Lord. Thank you that I can also bless Kanjan in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Thank you of this message that uh, she has been able to pour out to us. I pray for her that you would give her new strength. She was saying that sometimes she's so tired that she don't even have the strength maybe to speak. Lord, you have promised that whoever waits for you, you will give him or her a new strength so that him or her can run and not become weary and can even fly like an eagle. And it is your Holy Spirit that is doing this. So we together, we ask from you that what investment 
Kanjan has put on us that you will double it ten times and even more to her back so that she can feel how you are supporting her like she can feel that she goes like an eagle and you will raise her high that she will see your plans and she can go forward and not become weary. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, pray this. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Um, just to wrap up a little bit, um, Silvan just mentioned the word next steps. Um, for us, this was not only a one-time um, yeah, nice to have thing. Um, yeah. Because this whole idea, how can we mobilize or how can God mobilize uh, women in Europe to do this, yeah, to do the same with the same passion and the same spirit and the same motivation. Um, that's something we still we want to learn and we have to learn. I think it's important. Um, and I just want to say we don't have a plan, which is good. <laughs> God has a plan. And um, I want to encourage you guys. Uh, just after this call, maybe you can take some time asking God, what could be your idea of a next step? Yeah, how can we stay in touch? Of course, we are far away from each other physically, but um, in the spirit, we are very close and we have opportunities to train each other, encourage each other and pray for each other like never before. And, um, and I really want to encourage us, uh, think about, hey God, is there any next step I can see, I would like to be involved, I want to learn, or there's possibility of training, there's possibility of sharing stories, there's a possibility of uh, sharing and encouraging um, experiences with each other. And I think that's so beneficial uh, and very needed because every human being reacts on encouragement. And, mm. um, and especially in Europe, we need this, we need these stories, we need encouragement, but I think very soon we also have our own stories to share, yeah, because God is working here, God is doing a lot. Mm. And um, we, we can gather some dots here, we can um, connect some people with each other. And, um, and I know, Kanjan, that you would be re ready even to connect with a key group of women to keep talking, to keep connecting, to keep um, mm -hmm. building up something, and we can mm -hmm. pray for that. Mm -hmm. So practically, I want to uh, encourage you, if you have something, please connect me, write me an email, um, and let's build something together. And I think God will inspire us how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. but the willingness is there. And I mm -hmm. interrupt me if I'm saying something wrong. <laughs> I think, Kanjan, <laughs> you, are, you are willing to, to go further and mm -hmm. that we connect our journeys together in a certain way and we can find out how and the focus mm -hmm. should be the focus on releasing women releasing women in leadership um, especially muslim background or other religion than the european materialistic re religion background so we can mm -hmm. connect maybe some key people to go through a certain period of training or to have a regular call like this, maybe once a month or something like that. So mm -hmm. let's keep this momentum going. And if you have any creative ideas, feel free to share it with me or go to Silvan if you know Silvan, uh, if he brought you here. Um, let's just stay in touch. And Kanjan, you also can be free to share some ideas which you have. Um, let's benefit from that. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Well, first, first of all, is thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to see each other even though we are far <laughs> but uh, it's a blessing for me to see and share what god gave me and yeah 
um, and last one year. I don't know how because we we all know that Holy Spirit uh, teaches us how to pray. So this has proof. Last one year, um, I was praying and I didn't know my husband was praying, but we both were praying in our prayers, in our personal prayers. We have been praying that God, this movement that you have brought, let it go beyond this country. But I don't know how. So yeah. I don't know how how this came in a prayer. I didn't mean it anything, but when I was praying automatically it came and I said what 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 am I saying but then that had became my regular prayer God let this movement go beyond this country so I can see how God is using um this women in our country and it's moving rolling (laughs) in other parts slowly so I'm thankful for that yeah the other the other thing I would say, like, um, start with this. Um, I know you have the best trainings in your country. You have uh, many things that you have learned. But if you're willing to get an idea of what specifically I teach the women, what is the specific training that I give to the women? If you think you are interested in that and just do nothing, just apply what you get it. So that's what my ladies did, what I did personally. So what I've learned and I did it that and this women, what I pass it on. And so what they learned, they did that. So sequentially, I uh, pass it on to them. I don't give the every all the information at, at whole, everything at a time because they are simple women. They will not be able to process all these things. So simple homeworks. Simple thing, I teach them and send them and then they do it. They come back and learn that the second thing, and then learn the third thing. So simple thing, they learn how to present the uh, testimony. We believers, we have a big testimony well, because God is doing so much in our life, but I help the women to polish their testimony. What is What specific part of your testimony that you need to polish to use for the non-believers when you are going to share the gospel? Because the world doesn't have time today. Nobody has time to listen our entire story. So how are we going to use our little time and and polish our personal testimony and through that test testimony directly how we can go to the gospel not telling them whom we are talking about so but the at the end they will know that's about jesus so they will know at the end so those things i teach and i send them back if someone comes to christ now what's your third step how are you going to disciple them so that's I teach them. And after that, I teach them, how do you form them together now? And how will you teach them again to recycle? How you're going to teach them also to do exactly what you did. So we teach this thing and we send the people. If you think is this is something helpful for you, I'll be more than happy to what I know. I can't give anything beyond that. What I have been using, I can share that if you think it's it will, it's a good thing for you or it's a good idea. Or you may have the best ideas, but um, that's what I would like to say. Great. Thank you, Kanjan, very much. Thank you for your time. And um, I wrote my email address into the chat. So feel free to use that if you don't have it yet. So come back with ideas, come back with thoughts, how we can continue this journey. And um, and I like your, your finish point. This was something we can learn from. It was already a training bit. Thank you for this um, practical mm-hmm. implica- application. Um, 
yeah, let's see where God will guide us. I think we will stay in touch and we will keep talking. And I'm sure I could imagine we maybe have a call like this every second month or something like that. So we will see. Um, find out, listen to your heart. What could be an encouragement for you, especially if you are a woman on this call or you have women in your mind who should hear about this. Um, the recording will be, um, I send it into the different groups we shared this in a, um, this meeting about the different 24, 14 groups and some other channels. And I send it to all of you personally, if you want to send me your contacts, your numbers, I can send it on WhatsApp or, um, yeah, I want to spread it and I will spread it. And Kanjan, you can also spread it to people you know, maybe um, let's just spread the news. Maybe that could be a start of something and we will see where God will guide us. And uh, like what you said at the beginning, just do it. God will work. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Silvan, you want to say something at the end also? Or it's okay? Can you? Well, it was really powerful to hear from you. Um, I'm so encouraged. Uh, I want to see personally women getting up and doing what they're called to do. So, yeah, whatever I can do, I, I will help starting with my own wife <laughs> and uh, yeah doing whatever is needed thank you all right if if uh, if you want to contact me i'm always available so yeah. i can take that. and just for I'm your encouragement on this call we have been 11 nations oh. in that call so Oh. Your prayers will be answered, Kanjan. It will be spread. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So on screen that you see, that's my husband's name because I'm using his laptop. That's my husband's name, R A J E N. My name is Kanchan, K A N C H A N. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank you guys for your time. May God bless you. Have a great Christmas time. And uh, yes. you'll see us again. Yes. And give greetings to your husband, Kanjan, and all the people. Yes, all I will. Friends. I will. I will. Thank you. Keep praying Thank for you so life. much. Yes. Love you all. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Blessings.